The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, April 26, 2021. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Hello, Ken. Good morning. Good morning. What a beautiful day here in Sonoma County. Ah, very disappointing that we just had a few showers yesterday, but something is better than nothing. Uh, we have a very interesting show today. Joining me on the phone will be a dear friend, Nancy Wang, who is one of the founders and presidents of the Redwood Empire Chinese Association, and we'll be talking about the challenges some of our Asian, uh, Asian brothers and sisters are experiencing. In fact, on uh, Thursday, uh, April 22nd, the Senate passed an anti, anti-hate a crime bill aimed at addressing a surge in attacks on Asian Americans and the COVID-19 pandemic. The measure, which would create a Justice Department position focusing on the issues and beef up state and local hate crime reporting, soared through the chamber by a 94 to 1 vote. Well, amazing. And the only person, (laughs) the only senator that uh, voted against it was Joss Harley, a Republican from uh, Missouri, it looks like. Amazing that they had to pass another anti-hate bill that some of the experiences that, like I said, our Asian American brothers and sisters are going through. I'm also very excited about the next guest joining me on the phone will be Sandy Tate, a lesbian feminist involved in radical politics since 1970. And we'll be talking about Lesbian Visibility Day, and that's today is Lesbian Visibility Day, and give a historic perspective of what our lesbian sisters uh, are going through, have gone through in order to be... um, to be um, heard. Uh, You know, April 22nd was Earth Day, and to celebrate that day, I will be doing a special show honoring Earth Day and Mother's Day on May 10th. I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have our co-producer, Ken Norton, tell his story, what happened to him when he was at uh, San Jose. He was actually one of the people that uh, helped organize the burying of a car, which really kicked off the first Earth Day. Amazing, amazing. So many things going on. And also, just to let, remind everybody, uh, April 22nd was Earth Day, and Earth Day is, is, we call it the Honor Rachel Carson Day, the woman who changed America and greatly influenced the environmental movement with her revolutionary book, Silent Spring. Amazing. And also, to, uh, tomorrow, April 27th, uh, 1927, and she made her transition in 
2006 was Coretta Scott King, the wife of Dr. Martin Luther King, a civil rights, human rights, and peace activist. I just loved Coretta Scott King. So uh, I know she's on the way beyond, but I'm going to say happy birthday and thank her so much for her and her family and all that they contributed to uh, helping to uh, overcome some of the uh, racial uh, injustices that we have in this country. And amazing. I want to say happy birthday on April 28th, which is this Thursday coming up. My beautiful daughter, Susan Jensen, will be celebrating her birthday. Uh, Susan is my inspiration and, and, and has been that way since the day she was born. And one of the most exciting things for me is to see her be a grandmother. And I'm going to be a great grandmother for the second time in uh, November. I'm really excited about that. Well, It looks like there are some really interesting things going on. Uh, there's a Black Lives Matter and policing uh, a seminar going on in Sonoma County. It's going to be a Zoom. They're going to have panelists, Demetra Smith, Rainier Navarro, Amber Lucas, uh, Devin Ariel, James Page, and Joanna Pond. We're all people that are very, very involved in our community in Northern California with the Black Lives, uh, Move, Black Lives Matter movement. So that's going to be happening April 28th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. You can register at, and I'm going to say this, but also to remember Mind you that all this information will be on Women's Spaces, www.womenspaces.com. So you can register for the Black Lives Matter and policing in Sonoma County by going to bit.ly slash 3107Z3B. And like I said, that's going to be on Women's Spaces. Let me say it one more time. bit.ly slash 3107Z3B. Z3B. Really looks like a very, very, very interesting program. And also, uh, I just got an announcement. Let me just find that piece of paper. Here we go. Uh, there's going to be a rally, um, a May Day car caravan on Saturday, May 1st, to demonstrate the uh, necessity of amnesty for 11 million immigrants. It's going to be a gather in Roseland at 12 noon. And if you want some more information on that, they gave me a phone number, 707-294-5005. So there's no need to be bored. There's lots, lots of activities. And now that so many people have the vaccination, I think it's a lot easier, a lot a lot more uh, desirable to be together, come together again in person. We actually had a visit, two visitors at our house this weekend, and it was just wonderful seeing human beings and talking to them. Well, as you know, it's the last Monday of the month. Excuse me, not the last. Yes, it is. It's the last Monday of the month and the last, the last show on Monday of the month. And that what we do every at the end of the month is we do the Women's Spaces Pledge. You know, it's really interesting. I, I was thinking about the pledge the other day, and I was thinking about my grandson, you know, who who is now a father, I mean, for heaven's sakes. And I wrote this pledge for him when he was a young boy. And now I'm saying it to his, his little daughter, my, my great-granddaughter, Satori. So let's just say the pledge. First, the first thing I'd like to do is let me just say it. Just, just listen to it. Just sit back and listen to it. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. 
You know, I say this pledge five times before I come on the air just to give me that confidence and give me that strength to continue and to do the show. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a line, and I want you to repeat after me. And, Ken, would you join me? Yeah. Ken and I are live here in the studio, and Ken's going to join me and do the do the pledge. I really appreciate him being here. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for being a co-producer and for being such a wonderful support. Okay, so I'm going to say the first line you just repeat after me. My self-esteem. My self-esteem. Does not depend. Does not depend. On anything. On anything. Outside of me. Outside of me. My self-esteem. My self-esteem. Depends. Depends. On my relationship. On my relationship. With myself. With myself. And my higher power. And my higher power. Oh, I just love that. You like saying that, Ken? What does that do when you say? Does that give you a little upliftment in the morning here? Yeah, that lets me know the right relationship. Exactly, with yourself. So I'm going to say it one more time. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. That means it doesn't matter. You know what? You know, I love that. What you think of me is none of my business. That's kind of what it's all about. I remember when Terry Cole Ritiker wrote that book. I thought, wow, my, you know. What you think of me is none of my business. You know, it's what I think of myself that's important. The next lines are, my self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Wow, I love it. I, I want to change that. Uh, my self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and the creator. Now, you can put whatever you want in there, but I love the word creator. There's so much creation. When you look in your backyard and you look at the garden and you watch all the flowers and the the gladiolas are starting to come up and we, we have some beautiful snapdragons and we have a few volunteer plants and chart all over the place. And I say to myself, where did this all come from? Well, it comes from the creator, from creation, the great mystery. And that's where we live. We live in this great mystery that gives us everything that we need if we would only pay attention to it. So I'm going to say this one last time and then well, before we end the segment, and then we're going to take a little musical break. My self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of me. My self-esteem depends on my relationship with myself and my higher power. Oh, I just love it. I love it. And thank you, Ryan. Thank you for being such an inspiration. Well, we are going to take a musical break right now. And the song I'm going to be playing is, you know, this song came out in the 70s. And, you know, we're talking about the 70s. It's really very interesting. When, when I'm, I'm really interested in when it's, I'll be talking to Sandy Tate when she talks about that she's been a feminist since the 1970s. Well, I can say the same thing. That's when I, that's when I went back to school at the age of 30. And it was so interesting when this song came together. It was sung by the Buffalo Springfield. And it was, it was just, it was almost like a, almost like a mantra. You know, there was love-ins going on. There were protests going on. There was all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, we we're just celebrating now. I believe it's 50 years since that horrific situation that happened at Kent State when the this, these students were shot by the National Guard. It was a stunning moment for all of us. And this song came out called "Get Together," and I found a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, arrangement of it sung by the Indio Girls. One of the things I do try to do for women's spaces, because we are, quote, a woman's show, 
um, I try to get it. I try to get these older songs sung by women, and it's sung by the Indio girls. And listen, listen very carefully to the song. You know, come on, folks, we got to get together. I mean, we're going to be talking with Nancy Wang when we return, who's a who's the president of and founder of the Redwood Empire Chinese Association (RECA), and we'll be talking about some of the issues that Asian Americans are facing in the last in the last year or so. I mean, hate, you know, it's much, it's much more pleasant to love. I think love is much, much easier to handle. Hate takes an awful lot of energy and a lot of frustration. Love is kind of, a, when you think of love, you think of peace, you think of joy, you think of children, you think of warm and fuzzies. But hate, whew, just, I just, I don't want to be, I, I was listening to a, a, a radio show the other night and this gentleman got on and said, I don't want to hate anymore. You know, I just want to love. I want to accept. I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to learn who people are. I want to learn the different cultures. I want to get familiar. And hopefully through this interview with, uh, with Nancy Wang, you'll get a better feeling about our Asian, our Asian friends here in, in this community. And also with Sandy Tate, the second interview to talk about lesbian women that th- these are just human beings who are making choices for themselves and we all need to support one another. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's go and play Get Together sung by the Indian, uh, Indio girls. Love is but a song we sing Is the way we die You can make the mountains ring Or make the angels cry Though the bird is on the wing You may not know If you hear the song we sing 
Love one another right now. Come on, people, get together. Love one another right now. Boy, I'll tell you, that song is timeless. Well, for you just joining, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my first guest, joining me on the phone, Nancy Wang. Welcome, Nancy. Welcome once again to Women's Spaces. Good morning, Elaine. So nice to hear from you, and so nice to invite me on the air. Well, I want to thank you for coming. I mean, it's always a pleasure to have you. And before we start, may I tell my friend, my listeners just a little bit about you? Yes. Nancy Wang is a Chinese-American born in Taiwan. As a U.S. citizen, she settled in California with her husband in 1977. She raised three children in Sonoma County and is the grandmother of six grandchildren. Well, you've been busy, Nancy. Nancy has been part of the Redwood Empire Chinese Association, R-E-C-A, since it began in a garage in 1988 with the goal teaching our children Chinese culture and language. She has been president of RECA for many years. She is also member she is, has also been a member of the Santa Rosa City Council Advisory Committee for 15 years. That's actually where Nancy and I met, plus many uh, other associated civic committees and won serious various awards from city, state, and federal government. She is proud of all the accomplishments of RECA and the recognition received from local, state, and federal governments, local churches, and various organizations. At present, her oldest grandson is finishing his university education, and they're looking forward to beginning uh, training and uh, working uh, RECA working with the next generation of Americans with Chinese ancestry. Nancy, would you like to add anything else, or is that pretty much it? I think that's pretty much, you know, my life uh, is here in Sonoma County, and our goal um, with the RECA is, uh, you know, sharing most of the culture, you know, or the language through the uh, community. Whenever the people has any problem, the new immigrant or the people want to understand what we're doing, and we always provide a service here 
and we have a really strong uh, the cultural program. You, I think you saw them you know, every New Year, but not this past year with the you know. Um, well, I've had I, I've had the honor of going to so many of your events, and it was such a, for myself, you know, because normally we don't have much, we don't know about each other, but when we are able to come to these wonderful events, it really opens up your minds and hearts to people. Yes, not only just have an event, and we go through school, and you know, through the county, um, we book so solid. Uh, you know, doing every year, January, February, March, um, to bring sharing our culture and through the education program. And uh, um, we are so happy to uh, provide the let the people understand uh, what's the Chinese culture, what's the, uh, you know, the legacy we have uh, in the county. That's our main thing. Well, you certainly you certainly are doing a good job, you know. And you. and the reason the reason I brought you on is because you know of late there have been many attacks against Asian Americans in our country. In fact, I was yes. very happy to announce at the uh, beginning of the show that the government, the Senate, actually has passed an anti hate program against uh, Asian Americans in our country. What do you believe is triggering all this, and how has it impacted the uh, the Asian American community in our county alone, in here in Northern California. Okay, let me um, start uh, first. I think these uh, racial pr- things that always happen in our country, no matter what. And uh, but this trigger for this uh, special the um, Asian um, American uh, attack, the case. Um, you know, raised to 4,000, over 4,000 cases because the COVID-19, our former president called the Chinese virus, uh, Gong Fu virus. I think leading the people to the wrong direction think this is an aging disease, uh, no matter what. And he doesn't really help our country to control the um, the COVID-19 and try to attack to and uh, blame on China for this disease. I think this is the wrong things he did the first steps. And third, the whole thing happened in our own country. I noticed the people looking at uh, whoever you're Asian and they will say, go back to your country. I mean, um, the people really don't understand. We're all American. And we are living here, the multiculture and the melting pot in this country. That's the American is the focus this you know, for so long. And they should not treat any minority, any skin color people says you go back to where you're coming from. Well you actually know- these people they come from somewhere too. They are not, you know, just the uh, um, um, Native American in the United States. We all come from different area and stay here um, as the melting pot. I think this is really um, made our community uh, a lot of people really scary and uh, worry about going out and the people we tag them or um, 
calling their name. And I think right now, um, what we feel, you got to stand out and speak out. Wait, the one organization uh, contact um, us uh, back in March, uh, you know, at, um, AAPI, American Island um, Pacific Island. And this organization, they really strung out to ask the people, don't be had hate crime for the, the aging people. They've been screaming at for so long, it's the time to stand out. Well, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to say something right here. Which yes. th- that is the beauty of the United States of America. The fact That's that correct. The That's fact correct. that we have, the fact that we are able to live together with uh-huh. so much diversity and to respect yes. one another. Well, on a personal level, Nancy, how uh-huh. is it? How has it impacted you and your friends and your family? Uh, okay, my family, because I have some uh, family living in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and uh, San Jose. That's my two grown children over there. Uh, for them, they say so far they haven't been um, coming out the issue that people um, were screaming, yelling at them. And um, But in here, Sonoma County, I know sometimes they, you will see the people roll down the window just screaming, yelling, but you didn't know what they're doing. But I bet they must be say go back to China. You know, the other day we have a, a press conference with the most aging leader in Sonoma County with the, center, uh, with the Sonoma County uh, supervisor. And I heard the horrible things happen for the vice mayor, um, in uh, Rona Park and uh, um, Santa Rosa District Superintendent and the school board member because they're Asian and one is African American and the people will attack them and tell them go back to China. I mean, we're all here and special, you know, I'm first immigrant so I don't have that um, strongly, uh, you know, a lot of people being third, fourth generation here, you know, the JSCL, the Japanese American League. Now, we all work together to fight these. Um, they, you know, it's fourth, third, fourth generation. They are longer than anybody else living in this, you know, uh, in the U.S. And you can't tell them to go back to your country. This is no way. I think our former president really uh, did a bad influence to a lot of um, our innocent um, aging people we living here um, uh, to make the people hate us. You know, we're all here living comfortable, peaceful, and we work hard on our own business to help in the community too. But don't think this is your own country. I think we should treat everybody doesn't matter what color you are. I think all color life, it's matter. 
Well, you know, Nancy, I just want to say something here, too. You know, myself personally, I'm only a second generation American. Uh I mean, my father himself was born in Poland. So Uh I know people coming to this country, I mean, there's the American dream and so many, so many amazing things. Well, you know, time goes very, very, very quickly in the studio. So what I would, what I'd like to hear you, hear you real quickly is to give us your website and also what do you believe city council and the board of supervisors can do to not only educate themselves but to educate the community what would you like to see happen i really want to see happen that's why the other day the press conference was say that um they will do something but i say please do something not just talking about right 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 put your money where your mouth is put in and a firm the things you're, you know, you want to do it. In the school district, I really um, admire them. I think we had to, from the school, we had to teach the kids. Education is important, okay? So we had to teach the kids what's right. Not just, you know, I know for the pandemic, they just went back to school. The, these kids, you know, stay home for over a year, cannot have a social uh, a life. That's really terrible things happen. Um, you want to be sharing the website. Yes, we have www.recacenter.org. That's our website. But I think for this past year, we haven't done too many things. We just do uh, some meetings. Um, we can't get together. We can't have any celebration. Um, but I hope next year can be better Then we can back to the normal life wherever we are and then continue to help the community. And I hope these aging, discriminate the aging people thinks um, the people have to understand we have all the rights. Same here, we're not a second citizen. We have all the rights to stay here. We should spoke out and um, united together. Well, I'd like that. I'd like to encourage also my listeners to go to the website, even though there's not, you may not be, you know, as active because of the pandemic. Yeah, but there's, we have a lot of past history still, in the, our the newsletter. They can see right. It. There's so many things, and you can also you can also subscribe to the newsletter. But the most important thing, the most important thing, is that we, when we get to know each other. Yes. You know, I remember the first time that I went to a uh, an Asian American event. It was uh, at the uh, at the fairgrounds. I remember yes. walking in. I remember, you know, I'm a Caucasian woman walking in with Ken. You know, this was a whole new a whole new way, a whole new a whole new group of people that I was meeting. And I also also want to mention that when we were both on the community advisory committee, uh-huh. you were the one who were the most welcoming. And I want to thank you for that. I mean that we. You're Welcome. We welcome. Just, I'm I'm kind of person I always help, try to helping everybody. You know, even I'm at the supermarket. I see some people doesn't speak the English so well, and I will you know if I identify the language to speak, so I will you know forward to help them. You know what you're looking, what I can help you. For my um, background, I do at least speak. To, uh, English is my third language, but the, my Mandarin and my Japanese, you know, I can help a lot of people too. Sometimes in the airport, I see that people don't understand English. So I, some one time was the security was kind of panicked. So I said, no, no, she speaks Japanese. So I found out what she needs. That's oh, okay. That's why she's so panicked. 
I said, you know, that's all the language bear a lot of time. You know, the people just uh, don't understand. Well, you're, you're definitely a woman from the heart. And I want to thank you, Nancy Wang, for being such a great, a, great, a great guest. And please keep in touch with Women's Spaces if there's any way that we can support any events. Any issues come up that you would like to talk about that you feel mm-hmm. that you've been discriminated against, please let me know, and we're always happy we to will. cover it. Then we're working on a really big program with the Sonoma County Museum right now. They're going to kick in some uh, for the history for Sonoma County. So we're pretty heavy part with that program um, to, um, you know, Gaylord Barron's story, talking about all the history in Sonoma County. Well, make sure you, let, make sure you yeah. let me know. I will. I will. You take care of yourself, okay? And thank you so much, and you be well. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. What a wonderful, I mean, I, I, I cannot thank Nancy Wang enough for coming up for her openness and her honesty. And, you know, pay attention. Come on, people. We got to come together and love one another. And, and, and it's just, it's just ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> That's what I tell you. Ignorance gets us in trouble. And the more we know about each other, the more comfortable we feel. Well, we're going to take another musical break, and I'm really excited about my next guest coming on. I will be talking to Sandy Tate, a lesbian feminist involved in radical politics since myself, 1970, and we'll be talking about Lesbian Visibility Days and some of her challenges around, around, you know, choosing, you know, her lifestyle. Everybody has their challenges, and, you know, we got to come together in love and accept one another. The number one rule should be do no harm. If you don't like something, don't do it. You know, don't you don't have to criticize it or put it down. Anyway, we're going to play a wonderful song. It's called Ella's Song by Holly Near. And when we come back, like I said, joining me on the phone will be Sandy Tate. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot When the rain 
we who believe in freedom, let me tell you, freedom to be, very important. Remember, your self-esteem does not depend on anything outside of you. You're free to be who you want to be. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holt. Without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Sandy Tate. Welcome, Sandy. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you, Elaine. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you on. You know, before we begin, it's okay if I tell my listeners just a little bit about you? Sure. Sandy Tate, excuse me, was born in the Bronx. You know, I lived in the Bronx for uh, almost six months. I grew up, <laughs> right, grew up in Miami and is a lesbian feminist involved in radical politics since 1970 when she became active in the Los Angeles chapter of the National Organization for Women Now. And now she led rap groups, facilitated assertive training for women, and was a chapter treasurer for two years. She owned a feminist gift store called Feminist Horizons from 1975 until the early 80s. Living in Sebastopol today, her activism includes getting uh, the senior affordable housing where she lives to a non-smoking, getting the laundry room free of fragrance products, and educating friends and neighbors on the politics of lesbian feminism. Boy, that's a big one. Let us, and anything you'd like to add, Sandy? Um... No. Well, yeah, there's a there's a particular book I'd like people to read. It's called The Disappearing L and it's by Bonnie J. Morris. Well we'll make sure we put that on our website. Well yes. you know you know, you call you know it's very it's, I was very excited when I first got the announcement about this idea of uh of honoring lesbians today on the 26th. It's a lesbian recognition day. You know, you call yourself a, a feminist. Can you explain what that means and how has your feminism served you and your way of life? My feminism is a suit of armor. It's protection <laughs> that I wear when I go out every day. My feminism taught me how the world works and how women and myself react in it. In other words, my feminism taught me our history. It taught me um, it taught me about the patriarchy, which is white male uh, domination in, in our culture. And with that kind of knowledge, I can go forth and have answers. I have answers to sexist, uh, sexist uh, discrimination, to racist discrimination, to ageism. And uh, it, keeps me, it, it keeps me secure. My suit of armor keeps me secure uh, in my feminism because there's so much that women don't seem to know who have not read about our history. So uh, my commitment is to women everywhere because I've been discriminated against as a woman, as a lesbian. I've had male bosses who would not pay me the same wage as a male. And I get really crazed and upset when I read about women and lesbians being attacked for who they are. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because for myself, you know, at one point lesbian women were unknown to me until I went to Sonoma State 
and became part of the new wave of women's movement. And at that time, I felt women were coming out and expressing who they were. You know, give us some history of, of what was happening then and what gave lesbian women at that time the courage to come out. You know, what's your history as far as lesbian activism and commitment is? I mean, I know for myself, when I was at Sonoma State, you know, it was all of a sudden, oh, my goodness, I have a choice. You know, yes. I, I, I have a choice. I mean, whether whatever choice I took, that was up to me. But all of a sudden, I had a choice. I didn't have to be in that box. So can you talk a little bit about that, a little bit about the history and how, how, that, how that evolved? How it evolved was we discovered each other. We yeah, suddenly right. were discovering that there were lesbians everywhere. There, there was a lot of uh, feminist consciousness raising going on in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And um, at that time, a lot of previously straight women were learning that they were really committed to women, that they really were women-loving women. We're forced in our society to try to be straight. Isn't it amazing that we are lesbian in spite of the crushing need of society to make us straight? No one ever tried to force straight women or straight people to be lesbian or gay. But millions in all countries are expected and forced to be and act straight, many under the threat of punishment. It's rigid. It's suffocating. So when lesbians discovered each other, we were out, we were proud, and we discovered how brilliant we are. And we, we shouted to the world, this is it. This is who we are. You have to accept us as being normal because we are normal, even though we're not straight. And lesbians have been writing incredible material, books, poetry, early on. And we discovered a lot of lesbians who have died years ago who were really um, uh, not not realized for being lesbian, you know. Susan B. Anthony, Emily Dickinson, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, so many in our past were women-loving women. And one of the things that makes me sad is that we're all brushed under the LGBTQI umbrella. I am not... Uh, gay, bisexual, queer, or transgender. I am lesbian. That's the distinction. I'm a woman-loving woman. So don't uh, put me under the uh, queer umbrella because that's what everybody is uh, calling us now. That's amazing. Uh, I, I never thought of it that way. You know, I mean that. You know, and that's it. I mean, and I also I we had when we had this convert we were talking on the phone at the time I was going to Sonoma State. My dear friend Connie Stancliffe came out, and in my ignorance, I was fearful because we were both single single parents. And as a sociology major, I decided to find out more about lesbian women with children and their challenges. And I found out that women were losing. I mean, these were good, solid women that were losing their children just because of their sexual orientation which was nobody's business to begin with. Yes. So so how is that? Is that has that changed? Is there is there more openness to it today? I mean, what is the feeling today about all this? Well, what happened early on was as feminists and lesbians began to 
get our rights as we insisted on them and there were legislative changes um, previously the judges had always awarded uh, the children to the mother in a custody battle well now as we began to get our rights as women uh, men began to get more of their rights as men and so lots of times if a woman uh, left her marriage the man would sue for custody of the children because now more and more the judges were wanting to feel that well if the father was good if he was earning a good living why not award custody to him so that was happening a lot in the 70s and 80s but then um, I think now it's gone back to uh, being more fair to who is really the better parent and in, in most cases it's it's the women of course well another way we're swept under the rug is by being called gay I'm not gay and um, it makes me sad when household names call themselves gay because the, the word lesbian is so fraught with emotion but if you call a straight woman a lesbian boom she is shut down and so it still has that that negativity about it Ellen DeGeneres calls herself gay that the famous soccer star Megan Rapinoe calls herself gay I love the word lesbian because it's strong it's positive it demands respect I also love the word dyke for the same reasons even stronger the word gay is softer and it also includes men men are gay and you know it really makes me wonder how far from the closet gay women are well you know it's interesting we were talking I don't know if you heard the beginning of this show I was talking to Nancy Wang about the some of the uh, stuff that Asian Americans are going through and I remember for myself personally I mean my my education was was when I went to San Francisco State I had the uh, the uh, I was able to stay with my friend Connie at her place. Uh, you would come in on a Monday night and stay overnight and then go to school the next day. But I was on Castro Street, and that's when it was the height of where the lesbian women were coming out. And I was, yes. a, I was a dancer. So yeah. I, I would go to all these different clubs with her. And, you know, I, I liked to lead and dance and everything. And all of a sudden, one day, all of a sudden, I just looked around. And I said, oh, my God. I'm in a room with all lesbian women, and I'm just having the time of my life. What difference does it make? And I think I think that is the question people have to ask themselves: What difference does it make when somebody is in your in your life that is bringing you joy and happiness? I mean, that's exactly right. That's that's uh, how women discover each other. They discover that they absolutely love being females in their female bodies and minds and being with female company. It's unfortunate that uh, feminist and lesbian uh, spaces of all kinds, like uh, centers and festivals and, and uh, uh, committees and organizations, um, are, are, don't exist any longer. Feminist and lesbian spaces are not there. They've been infiltrated by others calling themselves women who are not women. And uh, it's really, really unfortunate. And it, it, it makes you have to almost go back to the closet. It, it, it forces us to have Zoom meetings in private and other meetings together in private. Uh, before we could be out in the open with festivals, but 
and and uh, centers, and we can't do that anymore. Well, then, but let's just go into the reason that you're here is to talk about Lesbian Visibility Day, and hopefully that that helps people get to know and get to understand who you are and what you know what you're all about. I mean, I'm just learning right here on the radio show about the idea of wanting to be called lesbians and not be put in underneath the box of other of other uh, persuasion. So talk about Lesbian Visibility Day, what it entails and why is it important and what are some ways that people are celebrating? One of the ways I'm celebrating is um, I'm taking a good lesbian friend to lunch. Uh, I had originally asked her if we could go to the beach and celebrate there because we both love the ocean. <clears throat> but since then, she fell down and broke her thumb so she can't drive. So we'll take a bus and go to the restaurant. But uh, women in, are celebrating in all kinds of different ways. You know, they're just just women being with each other is essential. Um, you know, I, I noticed years ago at festivals that it was so safe being at a, at a women-only, lesbian-only festival. You didn't have the fear of the male domination. Um, you didn't have the fear of violence. And so when women are together, that's a celebration in itself. Um, women women are still attacked for being women, for being lesbians. No one was ever attacked for being straight. Nobody uh, was was ever uh, forced to try to be lesbian or gay. So what we're doing is we're just celebrating being who we are, being ourselves. You know, the pride celebration every year is a really, really incredible thing, and it's in just every country you can think about. So um, that's that's how we celebrate. We're with each other. We're in essence with each other. And there is there's really nothing like like loving being a lesbian and loving being a dyke. It's uh, it's just rigid and suffocating when when you can't be who you are. There's a poem I'd like to read if we have time. Go Elaine. right ahead. This is by Judy Gron, and it's called The History of Lesbianism. How they came into the world, the women-loving women came in three by three and four by four. The women-loving women came in ten by ten and ten by ten again until there were more than you could count. They took care of each other the best they knew how and of each other's children, if they had any. How they lived in the world, the women-loving women, learned as much as they were allowed and walked and wore their cloths the way they liked whenever they could. They did whatever they knew to be happy or free and worked and worked. The women-loving women in America were called dykes, and some liked it and some did not. They made love to each other the best they knew how and for the best reasons. How they went out of the world, the women-loving women, went out one by one, having withstood greater and lesser trials and much hatred from other people. They went out one by one, each having tried in her own way to overthrow the rule of men over women. They tried it one by one and hundred by hundred until each came in her own way to the end of her life and died. 
The subject of lesbianism is very ordinary. It's the question of male domination that makes everybody angry. And that's what all this is about. Male domination in every culture. In this culture, it's white male domination. Nobody ever talks about the male domination that includes lesbians. And make no mistake, the extremist supremacist groups in our culture hate women and hate lesbians. They hate us because we don't need them. We don't need them for sex. We don't need them for intimacy. We've evolved uh, to the point where we're now all but erased, subsumed under that LGBTQI umbrella. We don't want that. We're a proud people. We're brave. We're out. We're peaceful. We're loving. And we're brilliant. And I'm so thankful that you, Elaine, are, are able to celebrate Lesbian Visibility Day with me. And I'm thankful that you were smart enough and interested enough to delve into our history and see what makes us tick. I don't know why straight people don't learn uh, and read about lesbian literature. We've written hundreds of thousands of books. They're out there everywhere, in the libraries and everywhere. We want you to learn about us. We want you to know about us. We want you to think of us as lesbians and we're normal. Can you can you can you do me a favor and email me that poem? We'll put it on our website. Sure, we'll I'll be it. glad to. Well, we've come to we're coming to the end of our segment, and I would like you real quickly to, if you have some last words, whatever you'd like to say, but also if you have a website, there's a great website that I went on to about talking all about Lesbian Visibility Day, giving some history. Uh, it's just amazing, and also mention that book. And you, you, we're coming to the end very quickly, so last words, your website, and the name of that book. I don't have a website. I'm just me. The book is. The Disappearing L by Bonnie J. Morris. It's an incredible book, and it it will explain everything in detail about uh, why I'm here and why we're talking. Well, I want to thank you, Sandy Tate, for being such a wonderful guest, for letting us know your thoughts and feelings and reading that great poem. And I look forward to talking many, many times with you. And, and you know, just keep up the good work and let keep me keep in touch with me if any other events happen, any announcements, anything else that you might need to make announcements. All right. Thank you so much, Elaine. It's wonderful speaking with you. It was my pleasure. Well, folks, that's it for our show. A special thank you to Nancy Wang, president of the Redwood Empire Chinese Association, and to Sandy Tate, a lesbian feminist, for telling us about uh, telling us about Lesbian Visibility Day. You know, and it's it's you know when you know people, you know the only reason we're uncomfortable is because we don't know one another. And I want you to know that it's all the time that I hung out with women. Nobody ever tried to force me to be anything other than myself. In fact, they encouraged me to be myself. And that's the most important thing. A reminder, tell your friends Women's Spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m. this Monday, this today. I'm available for speaking engagements. And if you have any announcements, uh, you know, we'd like to have in the air an anniversary, a birthday, 
uh, birth, you know, anything, anything. And remind folks, support your community radio stations. It's very important. And remember, our children of the future, we must never lose sight of that. This is Elaine B. Holtz, and you've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. Previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, April 26, 2021.